Welcome to Reactive. I'm uh, Khalil and I'm here with Raquel. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> this show is brought ah. to you by Tabs. They're like spaces, just worse. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> oh. And semicolons. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> <laughs> I was going to say semicolons. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Exciting new sponsor here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go to your favorite unfortunately- editor and type in uh, reactive and you will get 15% off your tabs. Okay. Oh, so it's a good thing this show doesn't cost too much. Okay, yeah. So yeah, welcome um, back uh, home. Thank you, Danke. Yeah, vielen Dank. Yeah, so I had. You were uh, so close, and yet so far. <clears throat> I mean, I got to hang out in Germany for probably about four hours because I had uh, a two-hour layover in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like a two hour ish layover in Munich and Munich as well. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, so I was basically in Germany for a very, very tiny short time. Uh, but otherwise I got to spend many days in Austria and it was so much fun. Oh my goodness. Just incredible. Um, I, I, oh goodness. Um, uh, so I, Start I landed in. Yeah, okay. So I landed in Vienna, yeah. right? And uh, I get picked up by the Angular Vienna meetup organizer. Okay. Who, um, so I, he, he showed me around a little bit of Vienna, and then I went back to my hotel, or I got into my hotel, kind of uh, prepped for the meetup, because I decided to go to a meetup the day that I landed, mm-hmm. um, and went to a, what I'm just going to call, like, a massive monster meetup. In, in Vienna, it was Vienna. Uh, it was Vienna JS, Angular Vienna, React Vienna, and Node Vienna, all in in the same in one meetup. And so it was like 120 people. Mm-hmm. It was unreal. Crazy. And uh, it was just it was so great. And I got to meet a whole bunch of people. I gave a talk that went over really well. It was a, a live coding sort of like here's how to use npm sort of thing. So that was that was really really fun. People had some really good questions. Mm. Um and then uh and then I like and it was super cool because the people in Vienna were just so nice and they were so like open to hanging out and stuff and like one person from so like so I got to hang out with them after the meetup, went out for drinks and then went out to dinner and then um like by dinner I mean like super late dinner it was like one in the morning we had some schnitzel it was fantastic um <laughs> amazing <laughs> and then uh and then the next morning I met up with someone that I'd met at the meetup who gave me like a 3 hour walking tour of of like center Vienna which was really cool wow. and um he really didn't have to do that but uh that was really really awesome and um and then I got on a train after that to Linz. And then I landed in, I, I got into Linz, went to the hotel, 
and first of all, for the, took Vienna a nap. Is awesome, right? It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Vienna is super beautiful. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Um, just, just super, super cool. I stayed in like the hipstery part of town. Okay. Um, so uh, that was interesting. Um, and, and then, uh, but, but getting to walk around old town Vienna was really, really nice. It's Mm. just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like there's, this might sound like silly to all of our European listeners, but like. When I'm walking around these really old cities, I just I can't help but think of who else might have walked down those those roads too. Mm, you know, like mm. I was literally walking on the same roads that I'm sure Mozart and Beethoven <laughs> totally walked on, right? Like like maybe they got a little drunk and they like you know just I don't know who knows, but like they were walking on these streets too, right? And it's <laughs> sure. like whoa! And there was a there was a, a wall that was like like a sign or something that said like celebrating 350 years. And this was like back in the 1980s. And I was like, oh my God, this thing is older than my country. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I took a picture of me like touching it, you know, cause yeah. it's like, oh my God, this thing is so old. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, I was a, I was a silly American tourist for three hours and it was <clears> really nice. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to move to Europe though. Oh my God. I need to like, get to do that for more than just a few days mm. uh, a year um so yeah so that was that was vienna vienna was really really great the food was amazing mm-hmm. the people were super nice mm. i i had a blast awesome. um and then and then i landed in Linz and um got to go to a speaker's dinner the night before uh script conf um and that was really cool got to meet the other speakers got to hang out with the organizers uh of the of the conference um so shout out to to stefan and, and sebastian who organized ScriptConf, and um that was the next day and ScriptConf, it i really liked the unique format it was a really unique format it was seven speakers mm. um each talk was 40 minutes which is a little bit longer i think than than you would normally expect mm-hmm. but the conference started at noon and then went went till midnight and it was really cool because like there was like uh between each talk there was plenty of time to kind of mingle and like do whatever and then after every like two or three talks then there'd be like a huge meal or like snacks or something like that so people got to hang out for like it's like in between each talk you really got to hang out with uh the other attendees and stuff wow Um, that's really cool i didn't know anything yeah that's really yeah yeah yeah. awesome idea yeah yeah it was really neat and and because it was only like 200 people at the conference you could actually meet everybody Mm -hmm. like i had some really neat conversations with people that i didn't know at all and um you know yes i also used really cool wombat uh, Austrian wombat stickers to <laughs> to bribe them to talk to me, yeah. but uh, once once that part was done, like the conversations we had were actually really really neat, hmm. and um, so I got to learn a lot about what people are using npm for and and how they're using it, what kind of things that they're you know running into, um, how much they like it. Uh, I've learned a lot of people didn't even know that npm sells products. I was like, hmm. "Are you serious? You didn't know that?" And they were like, "No, we wait, really? It does?" And like, because like <laughs> someone actually came up to me and was like, "You know, it'd be really great if npm did private packages." And I was like, <laughs> "We we've been doing that for two years," <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, what? Really? 
what how and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah i guess it's pe- a lot of people they just use npm on the command line and never visit the site maybe even yeah maybe maybe i don't know yeah. um so yeah so it was it was really neat um there's some really great talks too um i, I was super impressed right because the tickets were like 150 euros mm-hmm. which first of all for a conference that is not a lot of money mm-hmm. um yeah. and the seven talks were all like six out of the seven were international speakers mm-hmm. and like i'm talking so like the speakers were christian heilman uh myself um i'm going to forget somebody i'm sure um francisca hinkelman and uh hannah wolf cto of ghost mm-hmm. uh felix reisberg from slack Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Nick Kraft was uh, the one from Vienna, and then Mathieu Henri, um, who's the the guy behind the like 1K JavaScript mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I mean, he did a really, really, really cool talk about uh, art and music, and like he did like a live coding thing where he like made this really cool music, like from like he he just like made music and art in the uh, in code, and and it was really cool Mm. and um so it was it was fantastic and and afterwards i was like hey you know um like people were like yeah you know this was a cool conference and i was like i don't think you understand you got a world-class conference for 150 euros in linz austria and they're like yeah no it was really cool i'm like no no no, you don't understand (laughs) (laughs) you got an amazing conference like other people would see this lineup and they would get like they would pay like 500 euros for it mm. and and like the like it was just it was a fantastic conference and and talking to Sebastian and Stefan afterwards they were like do so you think we did an okay job and I was like are you kidding like <laughs> I've been to some really bad conferences and I've been to some really good conferences and this one was excellent mm. like it was I didn't want to leave. I, I just ha- I was having so much fun talking mm-hmm. to people and getting to know them. And uh, the food was good. The drinks were good. The the it was just super chill, but super awesome. And I had a blast. I really, really mm-hmm. did. I um, so definitely next year, if uh, if you if you get a chance, go to ScriptConf. Uh, Stefan and, and Sebastian seem to think. They're not sure if they're going to do another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told them that they are. So just uh, <laughs> go ahead and get a ticket as soon as you can. Like ping them on Twitter or something and tell them that you're really excited about next year. Um, tell them I told you to tell you that. Yeah. And <laughs> were, they, were they really exhausted from the whole organization thing? Because that's uh, something that a lot of uh, yeah. conference organizers always talk about that. It's like uh, six months or longer even of of complete stress Planning. and hell to do that. Yeah. No, it's true. And that, that is very, very, very true. Um, I, I talked to Stefan a couple of days after the conference and he had slept for like 12 hours mm-hmm. <laughs> twice. <laughs> just He was just so exhausted. Uh, Sebastian, on the other hand, poor guy, uh, had signed up to take me and Hannah uh to to skiing hmm. so we all went skiing the next day like we we left the conference Hannah and I left the conference at midnight um and then 
we left for skiing at like seven in the morning or eight in the morning the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we learned that Sebastian and a few of the other people who also came skiing with us stayed up until like four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't go to bed uh, until four because they just went on to like a like an after party or something. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'm, hopefully Sebastian has has taken a few days off to to sleep it all off at this point. Um, but oh my god, it was so much fun, so 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 much fun. Yeah, I can imagine. So. And Linz is also really uh, a cute little town, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really cute. It's really cute. I didn't get to explore it quite as much as I got to explore Linz. Mm-hmm. But uh, Vienna, um, I mean. that just... <clears throat> oh, sorry. Yeah, Vienna. Thank you. Um, otherwise, uh, so I guess I just have to go back. Yeah. So. You do. Yeah. I do. I do. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, when I heard about, you know, I saw the tweets about uh, about the conference. I was really jealous. I really wanted to be there. But mm-hmm. it was not possible for me. <clears throat> but yeah, it looks yeah. like if they do it again, one must go. One must go. One must go. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So good. Yeah. So good. Nice. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time in Europe. Yeah, I did. Were, I were you so able to, uh, to turn off uh, all the news from America a little bit or... You know, so yes and no. Um, it was interesting being away from everything, right? Mm-hmm. To look at it from the outside. Um, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't, like that I was like super duper 100% excited to come back home. Because um, mm-hmm. I was I was actually a little nervous. I'd, I didn't know what to expect. And uh And it was very weird, right? Because you're you're in Europe and you're you open up Twitter to kind of see, oh, you know, like did people like my talk or uh, maybe somebody mentioned me about my talk or something like that. And then like you find yourself looking at the regular Twitter feed and it's just like, what the hell is going on with my country? Like, I can only imagine what it's like for other people um, who you know go online to find out what's happening in their own hometown or home country or or anything like that and just looking at it incredulous like what the actual like what (laughs) like i'm are you serious like this guy's been president for for like a week and a half and he's done this much damage is Mm. that is that even possible and the answer is apparently yes Mm. um and uh yeah i i don't know i'm I'm definitely concerned. I've got a lot of concerns. There's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I love to be international, right? And I think I think diversity is is what is what makes this world great, um, and it is what has helped the United States get to the point where it is now. And uh, any discussion about trying to shut down borders or trying to it it's just it's just wrong it is just straight up wrong and i oh i hope it gets fixed um but it's gonna take a lot of work and seeing how like american politics are very unique in 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 this world um because of how each individual state has its own level of power in addition to the federal government Mm -hmm. and seeing states kind of enact their their power 
against the federal government is concerning, actually, because it means that these United States are not actually so united right now, um, Mm -hmm. which at the core of this country means that things are getting really wobbly, <laughs> for lack of a better word. It's 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 mm. not a, a stronger foundation as it could be. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly it kind of uh, it escalated. Mm-hmm. Just a 10 days, like, a bunch of papers signed and then crazy yeah. ensued. I mean... It was really, it was really interesting, right? Being in Austria mm. while all of this is going down, and they're all like, "We've seen this before. This isn't good." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, I don't like that you recognize anything here. <laughs> like, this is not what I want you to be recognizing. Like, I don't want this to turn into something that has already happened." And, um, but who knows? Um, American yeah. history is not, or Americans don't study history very well. So it's uh we're we're bound to repeat it. Um and uh yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So how are things on your end? <laughs> oh, um so far so good. Um Yeah. Uh, let me see. Work, work, work is going on. The baby. We're still working on our flat over here. Like it's just mm-hmm. a never-ending story. Because when you have a baby, <laughs> then uh, you never, ne- nothing goes as planned ever. Like, you make a plan, and <laughs> yeah. then it just does not happen like that at all. And mm-hmm. uh, you don't get as much done. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Other than that, um, I've been. Uh, let's see. I've been working uh, at work. I'm constantly. I'm in. I'm in Angular two world, uh, still or Angular. It's supposed to be called now, um, and I'm working on a uh, big form. There's a big re- registration form that we have uh, working on, and um, <clears throat> what's what's kind of uh, what's cool though with Angular. Angular comes with this massive feature that's called reactive forms and it basically allows you to um, basically in your so 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 when you have an angular component one part of the component is the HTML which is like your form your HTML uh, the form elements and stuff and then you have and then you have your JavaScript class and that JavaScript class then um, you can build up something that's called a um, well it's it's like a, it's like the form model uh, just the, the the JavaScript representation of that form and um, you can you can basically um, make it's like a tree structure where you build up you, you use the same names that you use in the HTML and you map it towards you map the HTML to the JavaScript and then and then you can basically do everything all the logic that you want to happen that, that you want to happen in that form you can um, JavaScript wise with with all the validations and asynchronous validations and all this kind of stuff you can just you can just handle in your JavaScript in a very simple way which is a really which is really cool and you have a very simple way to then show errors in your HTML because you just have to you can basically um, 
there's this there's this angular directive that's like an if statement where you can say if that is true then show this bunch of html and then um and in your in your in your template you have access to all the variables that are you know that are set or are changing in your in your corresponding javascript class for that um html bit and then you can say well if this is if if uh, in my form model if you know there are some errors here or because this form model is constant so what is cool about this form model is that it constantly changes when somebody types stuff into the form then it will automatically check and validate and see if it's uh, if what the user does is correct and it will set errors basically in that big it's just a big javascript object and will set errors in that javascript object object and you can in your html then check if there are errors and then or use the if statement to then show actual text on uh, and and stuff like that depending on you know uh what this form model basically um has like when the form model changed uh, it just works like magic in the background all the time so so it's 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 actually it's all pretty complicated because forms turns out forms are really complicated when you have a bigger form you have lots of stuff to validate and lots of rules to check then um they they get really complicated and i must say that in this in this case like angular really really helps to structure it in a way so it's uh it's easier to understand and and quite it's quite nice to use so that's what i've been thinking about a lot at work and doing a lot cuz had to do a big refactoring cuz the form was basically done basically already made but it was made during a time where angular was not fully baked this this angular version mm. and so i had to kind of bring it into into the current version and use the features correctly and stuff like that so so basically rewrite it and uh so that was a lot of work but it was it was really interesting to uh, to be able to dive into mm. that so it was kind of fun <laughs> yeah. Yay, refactoring. <laughs> Yay, I, I love refactorings. I, I really do. Because because uh, it's it's so so satisfact uh, so um it's satisfying when you when you have like a bunch of code and you don't understand it and you kind of feel like whenever you look at it you have to kind mm -hmm. of make all these connections in your brain to then uh, once you understood it you have to like the next day you look at it again you say what was how did this work like how i have to think to oh, you know around this corner and then oh this thing then ah goes there and then if you can do a refactoring where you can bring things together and just make it a little bit more easier for your brain to understand on the first look that's very satisfying i find mm -hmm. I yeah like definitely definitely <laughs> yeah my my teams are all refactoring right now like a lot oh, yeah? <laughs> it's just lots of refactoring yeah because um as we continue to add more stuff and and um prepare to add more more products into the npm lineup um you, you can't really build on top of a shaky foundation right like yeah. like it's okay like sometimes especially when you're going so fast like you need to just kind of ship code but in the process uh, but once you're done shipping, right, and, and you get some traction, you get people being like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I need. Yeah. Like, 
it's it was good to ship it as quickly as possible but then you have to go back and go like i mean because like i don't know about you but whenever i'm coding something really fast like there'll just be a lot of like commented to do or fix me or all that and like you can't keep that around forever like it's just that's not sustainable yeah um so knowing how to fact how to refactor when to refactor uh I, i think actually when to refactor is kind of the one of the toughest questions um that even even people who've been doing this for years are still like i mean they know inherently where the balance point is um Mm -hmm. but it's it's it can be tricky it can definitely definitely be tricky yeah i think in those situations a lot of pressure can come from the side where people just want to have that feature out right Mm -hmm. product managers Mm -hmm. maybe bosses stuff like that and then mm-hmm. it's really sometimes it's difficult to uh, to be able to difficult to push back at the right time, and then you might yeah. miss it. Yeah. So yeah. It's really, it's, yeah. it's critical though, like because it can become really terrible. Absolutely, difficult. absolutely. <clears throat> Which is easy. why, like, when we when we plan out the the like the work that we're going to be doing for the next big push, the next big release. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually add more time to it, not because we think it's going to take longer to write the actual code for it, but also, uh, but because we need to, you know, clean up from the last project. Mm. And um, it's really difficult to tack on cleaning up as part of the original project, right? Yeah. So, like, when you do a project, you do planning, and then you. Um, write the code and then you do like you do some QA sort of stuff and then you ship mm. and then like technically you should then clean up right mm-hmm. but it's really hard to make the argument of cleanup after you've shipped because it's like well we've already shipped so this project is done mm-hmm. right and so like I think a lot of people just assume shipping means done mm-hmm. and therefore now it's time to move on to the next project mm-hmm. so in order to to like I think that's fine as long as you just assume that instead of tacking on cleanup from a project to the end of the project, you tack on cleanup of the previous project to the beginning of the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And that way, that way you can still kind of go in order, um, but just in terms of time management and setting expectations, it it m- makes a little bit more sense for some people. So, but it's tricky balance. Cool. Hard. Are you still? Are you? Um, you gonna use more of the next JS or React in your in your site? Um, yeah, we're definitely gonna be using more React. Um, I don't think we're gonna be using Next JS long term. Oh, really? um, okay. Mostly because in the process of building the search product, um, which uses Next JS, mm. we so like the reason we used Next JS was because we didn't know enough about React and um, and how everything kind of plays together to make our own decisions about what should be done. Mm-hmm. So um, Next.js was just really convenient because it makes all these decisions for you, right? And you're like, oh, okay, well then let's just go with Next.js at least to start because they've made, they have opinions and we can just let them make decisions for us while we start to figure out like how React works and how we want to uh, frame our application and all that good stuff. And then in the process of building it, we run into spots where we're like, okay, I can see why they made this decision, but that isn't really conducive to what our future plans are. 
for mm-hmm. example. And mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, well, we can't use this decision. Um, and then uh, there are other things like, oh, we can't use this decision. Or they didn't even consider this other thing that we need to consider. Um, mm-hmm. And so with all of that, we're like, oh, okay, well, now that we know a bit more about what it is that we want to build, then um, we can we can start to we can actually start to make our own decisions and build what we want. Mm. Um, and I think I think it's important to note to recognize though that like the beauty of something like Next.js is that because it is opinionated, it's really fast to get started mm-hmm. and to just start building something. And that's really important and really necessary. Um, it doesn't always have to be the long-term decision just to to play around and to make a, a decision about what you really do want. Um, so I think I think we learned a lot from the Next.js experiment, but I don't, I have no, I'm not sure that we're gonna be using it a lot long-term. Um, well, in particular, yeah, 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 yeah. In particular, like Next.js, hangs everything off of the root. Um, and if we want a multi-service architecture, which is what we're really going for, it'd be really difficult to have multiple Next.js servers um, okay. all, all acting together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like that, that's something that was really tricky. And, and it's like, well, how much do you want to tell Next.js to change their code for your purposes versus just admitting to yourself, okay, you know what? This framework was invented was was created for a specific type of user in mind, and maybe we're not that user, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah. So it's, Next.js is good for people who just want to make, make a little app, or absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I think like I think if I were going to build something really really small and really quick, I would totally use Next.js because I don't want to have to figure out like what settings I want on my Webpack and all that good stuff. Like I think, I feel like Next.js would make a really good blog <laughs> framework. Like if you just want, yeah. you know, little yeah. bits and pieces, like, yeah, this, that'll work yeah. just fine. Just fine. So anyway. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, yeah. So what else? So what else? Um, so I really like, I really like Unsplash. Do you know Uns- Unsplash? No. Unsplash is um, is a site that was started. Um, hello, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, okay, because there was yeah. a weird sound. Okay, um, okay. Um, uns- yeah. It's, so it's it's a little it's a little um, so basically it's stock images, but okay, it's 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 like one one of these new generation of stock image sites. And what I mean by that is that it started as a tiny project where <clears throat> I think the founder or or a, a guy that from from a company called Crew, which Crew is a company that helps startups build apps and stuff like that. They're like in client services, but for applications. And um, so he had this site called Unsplash, which was just a Tumblr blog where he posted ten. Um, pictures every week was it or every month something like that and they were high quality pictures beautiful photography and they were for uh, for use just completely for free right like anybody can use them for right. anything there's no license and you don't have to pay anything and so he's, that was the start of it and the idea behind it was to have like a little project that could help them become so 
to help that could help the 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 crew company the company called crew uh become more um pop not popular but more known and get clients and stuff like that and mm. what happened was that this unsplash site really exploded over the last couple of years or something like that and they started building it out more and made their own site um, on the side, basically, uh, next to the, the work that they were doing at this uh, company crew. And, and it's just, it's just incredibly, it's incredibly useful. So it, I think it, it has evolved now to a place that has become like a community for photographers as well. And mm -hmm. so as a photographer, you can create an account and you can just upload pictures up there. Uh, I don't know if you have to be vetted or if there is some sort of moderation or something like that. I'm not sure how it works exactly, but there's only really beautiful pictures up there and anybody can download any picture and use them for whatever they want. They don't even have to give credit or nothing. It's just like push it out. And it's just so useful because those, those are not typical stock images, you know, like the mm -hmm. ridiculous ones that you find on Getty images mm -hmm. or something like that. It's just like, you know, beautiful um, landscapes or, you know, sometimes there's people in there and all kinds mm -hmm. of different photography. And it has become also a place for photographers to make a name for themselves. At the same mm -hmm. time, it has been extremely successful also in getting business to the to crew, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> because it's such a it's such a. It, it it's it was in sort of a kind of a disruptive kind of project, right? Because stock mm -hmm. it's unheard of to well not anymore, but it was a couple of years ago. It was unheard of to have a a site where you can get stock Im images that are really good for free, just like that. You can do whatever you want with them, and yeah, um, yeah and they're super useful. You know, many people use them in their medium uh, think uh, pieces. <laughs> And mm -hmm. uh, or you can use them as you know your iPhone background image or whatever you can do whatever with them. So and so I really so, so, so since I found out about Unsplash, I really enjoyed <clears throat> enjoyed that site because for whenever I I needed some picture for a website or whatever, I just went there and got that. And um, and it's just such a nice friendly project. And it's the site that they built for for this project is so nicely crafted and has a really beautiful first of all it looks really nice it's snappy mm -hmm. it's fast they have a really good search now they have categories you know the photographers now have their own profiles on there and has just it was really cool to see it grow and what happened is that they actually now now they they split they split unsplash out of the crew company as its own little company so there is now a dedicated team that only works for this unsplash site which was basically a side project from from a sort of agency or something like that so it's a really cool story and there's um they wrote a big blog post about it um uh you know when when they founded this little uh unsplash company now they made a announcement and a blog post and basically mm -hmm. told the story and i just I just love that story because I think this is if you have a small this is something that I was always that I always um, was thinking because I've been working at agencies before mm -hmm. and I always felt like if you are an agency you should you should do something on the side that can mm -hmm. generate business 
um, because you have all this engineering power, right? And all yeah. you do is just throwing it at clients, and then it just and often it's projects that that are ridiculous and don't make any sense because you have to do whatever the client says. And I think since you have all this engineering power, it would and also design power often, like a lot of designers also often work at agencies. It would be good to 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 make an effort to think of a little project that you can do on the side that you can use to generate business or. Or you can use to um, to create another income stream, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. f- found another company out of that or something like that. It doesn't have to be anything big, like you know, like world changing. It could be something small. And I think mm-hmm. that um, this is such a nice example uh, and success story of of a project like that, which uh, I just I think it's just very clever, you know. Instead of spending marketing dollars, you know. Mm-hmm put a little sweat yeah. equity in it in, into it and, and create something original that can help people that provides value of some sort which that is exactly what they did and it and it yeah mm-hmm. created a lot of value for them this is so okay I'm, I'm I'm on the website right now and I've been looking at it for the entire time that you've been talking Khalil and I am mesmerized <laughs> I am mesmerized these these photos are beautiful and I'm looking at them and I'm like I'm going to use this in my next uh, presentation. I'm going to use this one in my next presentation. This is going to be my new desktop background. Like, <laughs> oh my God, they're just phenomenal. These are beautiful, beautiful photos. Amazing. And I just, oh my goodness, I want them all. I want to just <laughs> cover my entire house with these photos because they are just fantastic. Um, and isn't it amazing that you can look at them and you can just, you know, you can just grab them and use them for anything and there's oh, nothing you got to think about? Isn't that great? I really love it. It's that. just amazing. I really, I genuinely want to like print a whole bunch of these out and just put them around my house. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I need to get like a, like a super high res printer. They're so beautiful. Okay. Anyway, um, I can't stop looking at them. They're so gorgeous. Uh, so I, I've been... So thinking a little bit about what you're talking about with like, um, especially companies that, that just do like contract work for, for mm-hmm. you know, other companies, um, so consulting companies or whatever, I used to work at one and I remember that they were talking about doing a side project, but it's really, and I totally agree with you, Khalil, I think, I think it's a really good idea, um, but it requires a lot of very careful management, I think, mm-hmm. from... Um, from the people at the top because it requires a, a definite commitment from from the company saying, okay, we are not going to be making any money off of these people's hours as they work on this new project, right? Yeah, and exactly. like, you still have to pay them and you still have to do all that stuff. But I think you're absolutely right. Something small, it doesn't have to be anything huge. Like, yeah. um, I love the story of, uh, well, so I, I have two stories of companies that have kind of done this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is npms.io, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually created by uh, a team of people who have their like they have their own consulting company, and they just decided on the side, you know what? NPM search sucks. We're gonna build something better, and and it really was better, right? Like, and it was so much better that NPM a few months ago, finally integrated npms.io into its 
regular search. So now when you search on NPM, uh, both on NPM website and the NPM CLI, actually, mm. uh, they both use the npms.io uh, logic now. Mm-hmm. And it's so much better. And and it was it was really cool because when we talked to them, like, hey, how can we, what kind of deal can we make? They were like, we just want you to put our name on the website. Like, let them know that that we're looking for work. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, totally, no problem. And hopefully, hopefully they're like just completely and totally inundated with work right now. Because, <laughs> you know, like they did such an amazing job. Um, and then the other, the other idea is, um, so both Slack and Flickr were spun out from companies who, it was actually, well, it wasn't the same company, but both Slack and Flickr were created by the same people. Mm. Um, and both times it started out as a gaming company and Flickr came out as like a side project within the gaming company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, wait a second, this is way more popular. Let's just, let's just go ahead and, and do Flickr instead. Mm. Uh, same thing happened. And then again, they decided, okay, no, now really we're going to make a gaming company. And in the process they were like, wow, our internal communication is terrible. Let's, you know, see if somebody can just kind of build an internal tool to help us communicate with each other while we're trying to build these video games or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then that's when Slack came up and then we're like, all right, fine, we're just gonna go ahead and make a <laughs> make this thing. And then, I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe their video games suck, but <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that they've done this twice now and uh, you know, it's just, it's pretty incredible. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think oh, that is God. that's a really that's a really good uh, strategy to think about something that mm-hmm. can can you know also give people yeah can can just help or or yeah give some sort of value to somebody and then mm-hmm. and then and then you can that basically allows you to to show your engineering chops and and your design chops and stuff like that and just show it mm-hmm. off because that's also something that yeah. I think many. Um, <clears throat> Uh, agencies also or some ag- like at least here in Germany the ones I worked at like they always had problems even just updating their own website which was mostly pretty terrible you know was not mm-hmm. up to date was not state of the art but that's your business like you like mm-hmm. this is what you're selling making websites you have to have a you know really good state of the art website and then if you if mm-hmm. you even have a little project where you can show that you can build a beautiful user experience uh, of some sort and stuff like that. I think that's that's huge. I think that can definitely drive a lot of, especially a lot of interesting work, you know, better work, yeah. not the crappy yeah. work and stuff like that. Right. So, and, and yeah, in my experience, I have seen that a lot of people don't understand that. And um, I think that with this company crew, I think they're a pretty young company, but also um, ultimately engineering driven, engineering and design driven from the top. And so they're mm-hmm. kind of more into into that stuff. And I guess that's also why it was easier. And also that's why they they were able to make it that priority. But it, I must say, like in, in case of Unsplash, of course, you know, the 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 minimal viable product, so to speak, was like super easy, right? Because it was just a Tumblr mm-hmm. blog with 10 pictures every week or something. So, of course, I think I w- I, I'm wondering, like, how did they get those beautiful 10? Because since the beginning, the pictures were amazing. So where mm-hmm. did they get those 10 pictures every week or every month or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the actual work. 
behind it the networking right, right? like w did they know mm -hmm. a lot of photographers or were they themselves good photographers i don't know but that's if you have to make the pictures yourself that's a lot of work if you have to do like networking and reliably you know convince good good photographers to put pictures up there especially in the beginning mm -hmm. when you don't have a lot of traffic yet and stuff like that that's yeah that's already you know not easy that's that's basically the the work that had to go into that mi minimal prod product but the product itself like engineering wise there was nothing to do basically right and then to mm -hmm. just and then you see okay it's getting popular there's so and so there's tr traffic then it's easy to allocate some developers right on there because mm -hmm. you, can, you see okay there's a tension there so in that case i think it, it was it was maybe a little bit more easy to 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 manage the the actual Uh, work that you would invest into it, you know, um, mm -hmm. development and design-wise and stuff. But of course, uh, since the beginning, like I have no idea how much work it was to get to those pictures, but they de definitely delivered on that promise. Like they ha always had like ten new pictures every week. It's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. So just, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. <clears throat> Uh, cool. th yeah, well, we'll link up the story in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, and other than that, I've seen um, that uh, Facebook Stories is coming, and Facebook Stories is the same thing as Snapchat Stories or Instagram Stories. Okay, you know what you know what that is, right? No. <laughs> okay. Well, no, because uh, so I don't I don't use Instagram, and we all know the the story of oh, my Snapchat. inability to use Snapchat. Okay, uh, and so yeah, so tell me uh, what what is Facebook Stories? Okay, so it's basically this um, this feature that that Snapchat invented, I would say, where okay. you can you you create a snap, you like a picture or a little video of yourself maximum seven seconds or something like that and then mm -hmm. you post it to your story right your story okay. and what that means is that everybody who follows you or is in in the case of snapchat everybody who is your friend um <clears throat> then can check the stories tab or something and they see um who who posted a story or meaning like Who posted something in their story and then you can tap on that and you can see their video and where they can you can see the pictures and the videos that this person posted to their story so to speak so originally snapchat was you can just send you it was one to one i think or maybe even group chat or something like that where you could send pictures and videos to somebody and then the story feature was you can post pictures and videos to a story which then when somebody goes to that somebody who follows you taps on that mm -hmm. thing they see all these pictures and and videos in a sequence like they're stitched together okay that, that's what it makes the story basically right and um <clears throat> so instagram went ahead and copied that feature so when you go when you log into instagram now people can post the normal instagram pictures Uh, which is just like, like, uh, ha have you ever seen Instagram before? How it looks? Uh, a little bit. I mean, let's not forget today. Uh, Beyonce uh, shared that that she's pregnant with twins, um, and that was via Instagram. So I've seen at least the post where right, okay. <laughs> this is like, 
<laughs> in 45 minutes it like like I, it was just unreal okay anyway okay so, so beyonce is having twins okay yeah, so so so, yes. so originally or <laughs> not originally so instagram the normal kind of post works just like twitter right it's just mm-hmm. always with a picture where you have a timeline and then you see all the posts from all your the people that you're following it's literally mm-hmm. the following paradigm and stuff like that. So you follow people and, and then in your timeline, you see their pictures whenever they post them, right? And a right. little description. So, right. and now since, so, so now they added this story feature where when you, you can tap on your own avatar and add, a, you can add something to your story. And that's the same, this, it's just the same like, uh, like in Snapchat where whatever you post there, pictures or videos they're only visible for 24 hours and they also stitch together to a story so to speak right and okay. what happens is that if you if you post pictures or videos to your story then people who follow you they can see uh, up top on their instagram when they log in they can see oh the little avatars with with uh, highlighted like circles and they can see oh this person has a new story or has new stuff posted to their story and they can they can tap on it and they can they can see those pictures and videos in sequence, and um, um, and that's that. And then if if they have if multiple uh, friends of theirs have uploaded stories, then it will play those stories. I think in sequence. So it will just yeah, it, it plays everything in sequence. So it plays like if if you would follow me, you would see my story, like a few pictures in the video, or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you would see the. And then the next story of your other friend that also has uploaded stuff to their story would just run and also stitch together. That's it, right? And that's okay. just so it's exactly the same in Snapchat as it is in Instagram now. Instagram has a little bit like a few details that are differenti- differentiating them from Snapchat a little bit. And um, also the design is a little different. <clears throat> and apparently they're actually stealing people. They're actually stealing people from Snapchat. So their their stories feature is really popular. And wow. so so what's happening is that Facebook is going to have stories as well. Isn't okay. that funny? And uh, so, but of course, Facebook owns Instagram. So basically they're just kind of taking that feature that they already have in Instagram and just adding it to Facebook. And it's going to look very similar to the Instagram stories. And what I, what I think is interesting is that um, there's some knee-jerk... I saw some knee-jerk uh, post uh, somewhere where people were like, or the author of the article was like, Facebook is now stealing Instagram's feed or stealing Snapchat's feature tool or whatever. Like It was a lot about stealing the stories feature. Which, okay. which of course, Instagram totally—it's a blatant copy of the Snap Snapchat stories, and um, and of course now basically they're copy pasting the code to Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting, and I think that that um, but <clears throat> I I would argue that it is legitimate to to do that because I think what Snapchat did is that they invented some sort they basically invented a a new form of a timeline but for pictures and videos so so because nobody was crying about you know i don't know twitter stealing facebook's news feed feature or <laughs> or or you know or facebook stealing like the the blog list feature or you know like 
No, like mm-hmm. the, the list of showing things like that you have in email or you had in RSS feeds or you had, you have in Twitter, you have in Facebook newsfeed, you have in Instagram, like all have this timeline feature basically, right? So to speak, mm-hmm. of some sort. And this is this is just the same actually. It's it it is a it's like a timeline feature. It's just like a timeline, but it has this whole other feel to it, and it looks different, and it's. It, it, it's not visually like a list of things, right? Mm-hmm. But it basically works like that. It's like a list of friends have, they have published, they have published photos and videos and you can watch them in sequence. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, I, think, that cool. I think that is, I think this is a, this is a new invention that's interesting, but it is, it is becoming it is kind of like ubiquitous and it's going to be copied everywhere. Yeah. Period. <laughs> it's just going to be used yeah. everywhere, whatever. And <laughs> and nobody should be upset about that, I think, because it's, it's a timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. People, people are... I think what's really interesting about the the people of Snapchat, the people of Instagram, etc., is they just really, 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 really love their product, right? Like, like, and I think that's what has made them so popular is because people genuinely love using the product, and mm-hmm. and when you get people who really love it, then they start, you know, screaming when uh, it looks like someone else is trying to make a better product using features that they already have. I mean, it's it's just loyalty, right? Yeah. I mean, people are just like, no, you can't do that. That's 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 my product's thing. And it's like, you know what? Mm. It, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but there's an interesting, I think that there's a, um, there is definitely a difference. Like if you blatantly copy somebody's product, mm-hmm. like the ins and outs of that product, and you're just, and you're trying to kill them basically by mm-hmm. by copying exactly the same thing that they're doing uh that th- that is that is definitely you know that's bad you know that's evil kind of and it has that connotation mm-hmm. and i think that people kind of see you copying that feature as something like that but in this case i i, f- I feel like it is it's maybe it's it's like something it's it's like uh it's something in between because it is kind of like a central feature of snapchat it's 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 some of the substance of Snapchat, and they did they do actually, you, you know, siphon off users from Snapchat to Instagram with with the copy of the stories. Mm-hmm. But when you think but you know when you think about it, it is basically a timeline. It's just a new form of a timeline, and it's going to be it's going to become ubiquitous. So it's like everybody needs to copy it basically because now it's becoming a feature that everybody has to have. You know, right? So, right, right. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. It's this kind of it's like in the middle. It's not something. It's not uh, just evil or or just just uh, you know an innocent feature that everybody has because not everybody has it yet, but it will become that because it is because it, mm-hmm. it it became so clear with Snapchat and now also Instagram that people really enjoy using that in that way or you or consuming pictures and videos in that way on the phone just makes a lot of sense so it's really made mm-hmm. for the phone for the internet age and consuming vi- videos and, and 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 pictures and stuff like that so i find this i find this fascinating it's really cool yeah cool 
And uh, and uh, one last announcement uh, for today is that ES 2017 has been released. (laughs) (laughs) News. Um, Yeah, ES 2017 (laughs) is a very small update. And I think we talked about this already before. Like all the ES year, you know, releases are incremental updates to the JavaScript language. And in this case... There's some. There are two major features. There's an async function. Async functions are added, and something that's called shared memory and atomics. I tried to read the article that um, Axel Rauschmeier wrote about it. I did not understand it. Um, has something to do with shared memory and concurrency and parallelism, and I have no idea. But it's like a low-level feature that people then can use to bu- to build higher-level stuff with. And um, but what's what's definitely cool? So the async functions are really cool. Where you can just you have the async keyword, and then you can write async functions as if they were synchronous. And then you have um, and then something else. It's called object dot values is uh, is a method that's added to the to the object class, where where when you when you have a JavaScript object. And you pass it to object.values. What you what you get is um, is all the all the values from that from that uh, JavaScript object uh, as an array, and you can just iterate mm-hmm. over it and do stuff like that. So that that's that's very useful. Mm-hmm. And also string padding. So no more left pad chaos ever again. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, goodness. I'm so sorry. And on that note, on that note, uh, so uh, unfortunately, Henning was unable to join us today. Yes. um, But uh, given that he continues to be in Florida, for reasons I'm not always entirely sure about, but that's okay. uh, (laughs) um, The today's animal of the week is the manatee. Um, and manatee is a uh, it's it's a large, slow moving marine mammal, uh, and they hang out in Florida. Um, and they're really really cool. Uh, some cool facts about them is that um, they let's see manatees go to the surface of the water every three to five minutes to breathe because they're mammals, so they have to breathe oxygen, uh, but they're water mammals so you know they swim a lot um although they can remain underwater longer holding their breath for up to 20 minutes when they do take a breath 90 percent of the air in their lungs is replaced whereas humans tend to replace about 10 percent so i thought that was really kind of cool and uh let's see the closest living relatives of uh of manatees are elephants um Yeah. Manatees evolved. Yeah, they do. <laughs> manatees evolved from the same land animals as elephants over 50 million years ago, and the fossil record shows a much more diverse group of uh, of like the larger group of manatees than we have today, with dugongs and manatees living together throughout the range. So dugongs is like another sort of thing. Uh, it's the same order as a manatee, um, but also he <laughs> dugong. <laughs> like it's just a funny word. Um, uh, humans have one round of BB teeth, and then if we lose or hurt an adult tooth, a trip to the dentist is in order. Manatees, like their elephant relatives, continuously replace their teeth throughout their lives with the older teeth at the front 
falling out and new teeth growing in at the back of their mouth. Crazy. That would How be cool so cool that? if we could do All that, right. huh? Yeah, I mean, we could just forget the dentist. I mean, I that's guess right. there's not really a manatee dentist, right? <laughs> that's, anyway. that's true. I, I mean, how, like, we don't know. We don't know. It's true. And also true. a fun fact is that um, the German name for manatee is Seekuh, which translates literally to sea cow, which is, <laughs> which is uh, again, one of those very unimaginable, uh, un unimaginative German names for for uh, animals. <clears throat> Just put a cow or a pig behind mm -hmm. something behind another word, and you'll have your your name. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Ah, oh, all right. Well, um, I think it's time for us to wrap up. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Alex Killian, who I met at ScriptConf, one of our reactive li listeners. So we got to have like a. Cool. Super tiny, itty bitty, mini reactive uh, meetup. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So, hey, nice. Alex, it was great to meet you. And um, yeah, uh, we, I, I knew about him because he was on the Slack channel and he was like, hey, I'm going to be at the conference. And I was like, oh my God, we should definitely hang out and I will give you uh, a, a Wombat sticker personally. Um, and so if you too would like to join our Slack channel, please do. You can find the link to the to Slack chat in our uh, show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio. That's right. And... Um And um, and you can also you can also find us on Twitter at Reactive Pod and I am Khalil Tweets on Twitter and Henning is H Gladergots on the Twitter. Yep, and I am Rockbot on the Twitters. And uh, if you could be so kind, leave us a nice little uh, uh, review on iTunes. It'll help other people find the podcast too. Um, or you could just as easily tell your friends. Tell your friends about this cool podcast. Uh, hopefully. You enjoy it enough to share it with your friends. Otherwise, why are you still listening? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, were keep you listening. able to keep do some, uh, <laughs> some advertising for us at the conference? Uh, yes, actually, Stefan did it for us. Uh, he, when he introduced me, he was like, uh, he talked about you and Henning and, um, and how you would both come to Linz last year mm -hmm. for, uh, for an event. And, um, and how he was really hoping to get all three of us together because we're all on the podcast. And but unfortunately, Henning moved to you know to Florida, and you had a baby, and so I was the only one available. So he was just going to have to stick with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I think I represented us well, um, and uh, yeah. So next time, all three of us are going to have to go hang out. Yes, and it'll, it'll be, be really so fun. Cool. Yeah, sure. yeah, definitely, definitely. Alrighty, well, my friends. Uh, We will chat again next week. We will. Hopefully. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.